You're listening to the Talking Through Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Parabolos. Your podcast for all the up-to-date coverage on the NBA playoffs. Follow us on our social media at Talking Through Hoops to keep up with all the postseason news. Now, here's Rob and Nick. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast, episode number 32 here with Robert Slatter and Nick Paravalos. We are jumping back into the conference finals, the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers, Houston Warriors, I almost said Houston Warriors, Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors. Both series have played two games. We got the Cavaliers down 0-2, very surprising so far. Warriors and Houston tied at one, so Golden State, even though they got the Houston got the home court advantage, they were still able to steal that game one. Nick, how are we feeling so far about these conference finals? Uh, I mean, Houston lost um, Houston and Golden State. Right? I almost made a mistake as well. Houston <laughs> and Golden State is definitely, um, you know, what I thought it'd be after the first two. Um, Cleveland and Boston, I'm very surprised. You know, let's uh, dive right into that series. Yeah, this I. Obviously, you know, Warriors-Houston, we'll, we'll get into that later. But we got to start with the Cavaliers-Boston series because who saw Boston with how depleted they were, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward? Now, last podcast we said you can't be surprised if they at least take one game here because the way they've been playing in the past two series, they've looked like a complete team. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, but more I say more so Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, Brown and Tatum. Look like... Just complete players. And we can't, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're only 20 years old, only 19, 21. They are stepping into their, their own sh- – right, right now they are becoming – they're very fast in the in the progression of where they're going as players. They are way ahead of where people thought they were. And now we got to – obviously the expectations are going to become greater for them because they are here and they are ready to play right now. And it's not – Enough with the oh expectations for them, you know the where their ceiling could be. They're getting pretty close to oh, not their ceiling, but they are just playing complete basketball. They don't look like rookies. They look like you know been in the league for five or six years. They're taking LeBron. Jalen Brown has been going at LeBron, and LeBron, even though he's had forty point forty point games, his first game obviously fifteen points. But Jalen Brown has not shied away from going against LeBron James, and. This this trio that they have of Rozier, Brown, and Tatum is just giving LeBron everything you want. And like I said in the last podcast, the surrounding players in the Boston Boston Celtics versus the supporting cast outside of Kevin Love and LeBron James for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Boston has a huge advantage, and that's been the difference in this series. And I, you know, we said don't be surprised with the how well they've played at home court. That is the Boston Celtics. If they get at least one game, don't be surprised. Even though they are depleted with the injuries, with without Gordon Hayward or or um, Kyrie Irving, it's going to be it, they they still are a complete team and they can go toe to toe with this with this Cavs team, and that's what they did. But they went out and won both of the games. So, yeah, I mean, I mean Boston's very good on home court. I guess their fans really know how to um, provide the energy, and they feed off of that. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, those guys been you know growing up right before our eyes and that's pretty amazing for Boston um kudos to Brad Stevens that man has coached the hell out of the team probably will be coach of the year we'll get into that topic a little later on who deserves that but you know the biggest surprise here is definitely the Cleveland Cavaliers falling short of what their 
you know, what their expectations were coming into the year, coming into this series. But, you know, people say that the series doesn't start until somebody wins a road game. So we'll see what, what Cleveland does on their home court in these upcoming two games. Um, you know, they need, they need some type of energy from another player. Like, I mean, Corver, he's, he's going to get, you know, his threes, but he sucks on defense. So they need somebody like JR to step up. And JR had zero, JR had zero, zero points in the last game, game two. You suck. Yeah. You're not going to win games like that. (laughs) Um, so that's the, that's the bottom line. George Hill, come on, needs to step up, but LeBron James, you know, he's going to do all he can. And, He's got a he's got a man up, you know. I understand he got hit in the face. They didn't have to probably go to the locker room. He was fine, or he might be concussed. We don't know one or the other. Yeah. But LeBron James needs to he needs to rally the troops. Kevin Love, I, I think Kevin Love's been playing all right. He's oh, been playing good. He'll be. He's that's fine. his only other good player. <laughs> Everyone yeah, else. Yeah, well, he's the only other All Star on the team. Exactly, so, and LeBron. Yeah, Al, at, Al Horford, man. That oh my God, Al Horford is just. He he looks. This is like the best he's ever played in his career. I think he's like 32 or 33, and he made the All Star team this year. And everyone kind of cracked jokes at him for being a guy. I hate Al. Yeah, and people kind of cracked jokes at him for only being a guy that you know gets 14, five and five or whatever his stat line is. He he doesn't really blow up you know your stat sheet, but he's been playing out of out of control. It looks like just out of his mind, where he's never really played in his career, and he's stepped up and become the leader. The, the veteran leader on this team, even though Brown and Tatum have kind of just, they've released them and they've become, you know, even greater than, they've become greater at this point than, quicker than what we th- we thought they would be. But, yeah, I and think, they got, they got like, yeah, go ahead. They got players like, they got players like Morris, Baines. Hey, I took a look at Baines in the shower. I, I, he looks like all of Australia. And Marcus Smart playing ridiculously great. Like it, it's it's astonishing to me what what the team has accomplished the Boston Celtics, but you know they still they still it's still series two is not not a comfortable lead in my opinion with LeBron James on the other side, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, LeBron though, I I'm we're a big time uh, LeBron hating podcast, but we give him the respect that he deserves. I gotta say. Even though you know we're not biggest fans of him, we realize his greatness. But the guy, obviously, game one he could have played better, but they still got pretty much you know. Yeah, man, they got run out. They so. got manhandled. But and then he comes out in the next game, he scores forty points, a forty point triple double. This and they still lose by I think it was like fifteen or fifteen to twenty points. I don't know exact the exact score, but. This guy, he, the surrounding cast, it didn't. I coming in, I was like, it wasn't that bad. But now looking at it, I'm like, geez, like this guy, like just watching Jeff Green, you know, and he had a couple good games in the playoffs, and you know, Corver, even though he he's on and off when he scored. Like there was a stat that if he scored over ten points, they've won every single game. If he got into double digits, and then if he doesn't, yeah, but they. They they lose so they they just play completely inconsistent and Trishan Thompson was getting you know screamed at by Marcus Morris <laughs> that was a great point in the series I thought that was hilarious how Trishan Thompson you know I, I'm not the I don't think Trishan Thompson is very good but he stepped up in that Toronto series so the just the supporting cast has just been too inconsistent for LeBron to 
really flourish with this team, and that's just been the issue. And Kevin Love, like you said, I think Kevin Love has been the only constant on this team, and that's basically it. And LeBron's getting no extra help from anyone consistently on this Cleveland Cavaliers roster, and that's just the way it's going to go. Maybe it will change. You know, I don't like betting against LeBron James, as I've said before, so they could just come back and win the next two games, and it's 2-2, and it's basically a new series. But Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I so agree. it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting these next two games. I believe they play they play on Saturday, right? They yeah, which which Rob a quick anecdote anecdote to this. I, I freaking hate the NBA schedule. It's ridiculous <laughs> they're giving these people three days off. Whatever it is, however long it is. Yeah. Three days off. Yeah, they're getting three days off. Like that's insane insane amount of time to let especially with the momentum that boston may be having so it could uh, possibly switch over to cleveland very easily maybe that maybe that's the way of kind of giving them a little breathing room for lebron to make it a series and kind of extend it to seven games instead of making it quick work for the boston celtics but exactly exactly like it it actually give it would probably benefit cleveland because they have more time to figure out film on how to beat boston and that so that's like it's it's astonishing to me that they have three days off and LeBron gets the rest up as well. Yeah, exactly. So that is the Cavaliers Boston series. We're gonna have to see where that goes on Saturday. It's gonna be must watch television for the next uh, for this weekend. So we'll head into the what seems to be a more competitive series, but in my mind, I have I don't know a bit of a hot take I guess for the Warriors and Houston series. So Warriors took Game One. And then Houston responded and was able to beat up on the Warriors. Yeah, monster victory. Pretty much manhandled them the whole entire game, it looked like, other than probably the first quarter and a little bit of the second. They were pretty much in control. Chris Paul stepped up very well, had a lot of highlight plays. They were making making fun of Steph Curry because he broke his ankles twice, once in game one and once in game two, kind of getting back at him for when when Chris was on the Clippers and I think that meme or that gif that was going around of Steph breaking ankles, uh, uh, breaking breaking Chris Paul's ankles really bad. But Houston came back and won game two. But, Nick, I got to just say, Warriors took care of business. And that they, they pretty much have shifted that home court advantage back in their favor by taking care of business and winning game one. Now, I'm not saying that Houston can't come back. Because obviously there's, it's tied at one. It's tied one one, but yep. Warriors took care of business. They won that first game, and now they're going back to the. Uh, I almost said the Q Oracle Oracle Arena, <laughs> and they're going back to the Bay. And they got home. Or basically, they took care of business. They got like you said, the series isn't a series doesn't really start until a road game is won, and that's what happened. So I'm feeling like it's gonna be. A quick series for uh, the Houston Rockets. That's all. I'm. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm kind of thinking that. I, I disagree. My I, my prediction of that it, it's only gonna go five games. I think it's gonna come to fruition. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Yeah, I mean, I think Houston. You know, showed. You know, in game one they struggled. I don't think their isolation basketball really worked that well. But in game two, I think their defense stepped up their intensity and it showed what they. Uh, why they're the number one seed and haven't lost back-to-back games since Christmas. So, you know, Houston is definitely a team that I feel could could beat the um, Warriors. I think when it comes down to it, Chris Paul needs to have the ball a little more in his hands in the isolation basketball than um, James Harden because he looks to create as well. James Harden just looks to score, in my opinion. 
Um, you know, game one, Trevor Ariza was in foul trouble. That definitely, um, you know, handicapped the Houston Rockets because he plays he played pretty de- decent defense against Durant. But Durant, you know, he's a he's a he's automatic. That guy, oh, he's the best scorer Durant, in the league. I I said before, Durant is gonna just be the problem and the difference for Houston, and that's the just what automatic. The, he's automatic, and that's just what the problem is. When he left OKC to go to Golden State. It's just over, man. How good he is and how elite he is offensively and how he how good he is on the defensive end too and how he how Golden State how it's become so easy for him to get open looks and that's what he said publicly that he joined the Golden State Warriors because they give him the easy looks and it kind of takes a little bit of, it takes that pressure off him. But I, he scored 38 in the in game 2 and I believe he had close to like 30 some odd points in game 1, but the, the big point, obviously, Rockets took care of business in Game Two. Got the got the home win. They uh, they kind of silenced the haters for a little bit. But Steph Curry, if you look at his stat line, he only had where's his points? Sixteen points. Clay Thompson only had eight points. I don't believe they scored. I think it was they didn't score a three point field goal between the two of them until the fourth quarter. The first like two minutes of the first uh, fourth quarter. I don't see that being happening anymore for for the Houston Rockets to be able to limit hit them those two on defense. And obviously the Hampton 5 showed up game 1 and then they fell apart game 2, but I don't see one bad game I believe it is for for those two and and that death lineup. And I think they're going to come back especially at home. I think they're going to win both the games in uh, Golden State. That's just my feeling on the on the topic. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Steph Curry, he definitely looks like he's not, you know, they're finally showing that he's not a good defender because people say that he's a very good defender. I think he's terrible on defense. I think he just gets lucky with all, all the help that he gets in the back of, of right behind him with Draymond, Clay, and uh, Kevin, but many Guadalla, but, you know, they, they switch on him, and then it's tough for him to guard James Hart. It's tough for him to guard Chris Paul. That's probably, and then, you know, when you play defense, Every time down the court, you're getting tired. Your jump shots are going to come flat because your legs are tired. So that that that's probably why he missed a lot of those shots, or he just you know he just had a he had a rough day. Um, but I want to give a special shout out to my favorite player on the Houston Rockets, PJ Tucker. The man absolutely showed up showed up yesterday after a terrible game one. You know he brings the aggressiveness. He knocked down those corner threes. That's his spot. He knows the guys in the front row, uh, season ticket holders, and you know just. Very good performance for my guy. Yeah, Travis Scott was uh, was going crazy for that ankle breaker on uh, on Steph Curry. But let me let me just say this about your point about Steph Curry's defense. I think it goes the same way for James Harden because James. Yeah, Harden, well, everybody, James Harden sucks. Yeah, I'm just saying because Steph had 18 in the first game and Clay had 28 in the first game too. So I think that it goes both ways. Even though James Harden and maybe like, oh, whoever's guarding him is basically a mismatch. Or when you know, well, when Clay's guarding him, Clay's a very good two-way uh, two-way player. He plays great defense on the other end. But I think it's the same thing when Steph Curry's being guarded by James Harden. I think that's a complete mismatch. And obviously, Steph is. You can see it though. That injury time, that time he had to take off for the injury. I think it was a it was a hamstring injury, some kind of leg injury. I don't recall exactly what it was because usually he has ankle issues but I think it was something wrong with his leg different than the ankle but 
It looks he's like fine, it, though. He, I, I don't know, man. He, he he doesn't look like he's the same Steph Curry. I think it's still taking him time to get back, and that's just that just tells you how. Well, he should have took the Pelican series off then. I agree. He's, I think they shouldn't have played him that series, but they fine. want they want to he's try and fine. work him in. I don't know, if man. He's on the court. He's fine. I don't care. It's it's a thing. <laughs> like you're you're out there. You have to perform. I don't. It's excuses. Every time Steph Curry doesn't show up, it's because he had an injury or oh, he's lingering injury. How about the one when Cleveland came back three-one in in the finals? Oh, Steph wasn't a hundred percent. Stop being a bitch and come on. Yeah, I. That point. You know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on, let's stop making excuses for this guy. Okay, okay. I'm just saying that I don't. Th- You're right, though. You can't completely just say the injury is the issue of why he's not playing well. And maybe it's time for him to respond in Game Three, which I think him and Clay—I know Clay will definitely not have only eight points in Game Three for the Golden State Warriors, unlike in Game Two. I don't—I don't see that happening. But I think Steph and Clay—they definitely have to do play better than they did in Game Two. But it's tied at one-one. I still am still holding true to my the series going five games, and that the Golden State Warriors will will win at home. And uh, and get get that get that back to their what is it now fourth straight NBA Finals. I think that's that's what's going to end up happening. But I'm yeah. not not you know completely dismissing what the Houston Rockets did yesterday because that was quite impressive. And Chris Paul, big Chris Paul hater here, but he played well. So I got I got to say that he did he did well. So did. we're, we're going to have to see if he can continue it in his first uh, first conference finals of his NBA career. So. The series, yeah, the series will continue. Uh, I think uh, Warriors and Houston play on Sunday, and then Sunday. obviously Cavaliers and Boston play on Saturday. Yeah, they're give, that three that three day uh, that three day layoff is going to be. I don't know. That sucks. It, yeah, now it, I have to wait. Too. Yeah, we have to wait, and then you know we gotta fill time up with just you know BS stories. It seems like about the the NBA but we'll we'll have to wait until Saturday and Sunday to get some more conference finals games. Let's move on to the NBA draft lottery that happened on Tuesday. Now before we get to the the results, I the the draft the the the, the lead up the to the show, show was god awful. I couldn't Terrible. they 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 put a put away a whole hour of programming for this lottery and then it's like up until the last uh, five minutes of the show is when they show you the lottery. It's like, okay, we don't need to see this kind of build up for it. Like, you can't just prepare. I, I thought it was just so. As of course, ESPN was the one doing it, but you know, I'll just well, keep silent. It, it was ridiculous, yeah. Rob. It was ridiculous. I, I'm gonna go out on the line and say that that will never happen again. The way they did it. I mean, they oh no, they'll continue to do it, dude. They'll. Conti- I think they got to do something else. They got to throw in a performance or something in there. Get some <laughs> artist in the NBA to freaking sing a song. I mean, I'd rather Lonzo Ball out there yeah. performing his singles than just sitting there and throwing in a commercial. Oh, commercials were... The 14 to 9, the 9 to 14 picks, and then throwing a commercial, oh and then throwing God. another commercial for the top three, maybe the dumbest thing the NBA has done in a draft show. They period. used they used to just run through, I think last year, because I paid a lot of attention to it last year because I had a little bit more hope for the Knicks, not so much this year. They landed where you know they, they were expected to go at nine, but we'll get into that. But I think, yeah, I totally agree. They used to just do 14 down to one, no commercial break, but now they need to build it up and just 
keep keep eyes on the TV, even though they don't really need to do that because the conference finals game between the, the Celtics and the Cavaliers were after that. I just thought that the show was just too much and the NBA was they gotta they gotta figure out how to better better do that and better prepare the the lottery draft reveal. That was just terrible. But let's go into the the results of the lottery. They pretty much ended. There wasn't really too much surprise. I thought that the Bulls would have moved up a little bit, but the 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 Suns get the first pick in the in first overall pick and the first overall pick, the first first overall pick that they have in their franchise history. So that was pretty exciting for them. Kings will draft second. Hawks will draft third. Grizzlies will draft fourth. Mavericks will draft fifth. Uh, Orlando will draft sixth. The Bulls will draft seventh. I thought they kind of. Maybe would have. I think were they projected to crack the top five? I believe they were. Who the Bulls? No, no, they weren't projected. They the Kings weren't even projected top five. They're the team that jumped into the top five. Oh, okay, mm, interesting. Yeah. I don't remember the exact percentages, but then the uh, Cavs from uh, Cavs get their pick at eight from your Brooklyn Nets, and then the Knicks were expected to be ninth. They will draft ninth. The Sixers pick from the Lakers, and I believe if it ended up going top three, the Lakers would have gotten that pick back. So they will draft if ten. It went, if it went, no, it would have went to the Celtics. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, because that's, that, that. that's why they were. That's why they were sitting next to each other during the the Sixers and the Celtics, and then they made a big deal about that. But then uh, the Hornet, the Hornets will draft eleventh. Uh, Clippers get two picks, the second and thirteen, and then the Nuggets are at fourteen. So, Phoenix Suns will get the first overall pick. What are you thinking that they're going to do? I think they got that new coach. Um, I, for, I think his name is Kolskoff or something like that. But yeah, he's um, he's big on Doncic, man. I think they may end up taking that him as the first overall pick and not take DeAndre Ayton. I just got a feeling. I got a, a tad, tad feeling about that. Yeah, I, I also have that feeling, I think. The Suns, if he elects to draft, because his stories and rumors that you know he's undecided. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, he is because the money that he's going to be making with the Phoenix Suns is um, a much larger amount than he would be making at Real Madrid. But you know, I could see the Suns drafting him, international coach, get the international player. I don't know how he fits with the team with Devin Booker and Josh Jackson being those guys, but you know, definitely would be interesting to see. I, I, however, wouldn't pass up on DeAndre Aiden. I think Aiden's a monster and is the best player in this draft class. Yeah, absolutely. I think they would – I'm not the biggest Doncic fan. I'm going to say that. I've watched his tape. I really don't think that he's anything special. I I think that he's getting a lot of hype, but, you know, we'll have to see. In the past few years, we've had a couple good foreign players, so, you know, they, they don't want to throw the European card and be like, oh, he's soft, you know, this and that. I, but just from watching him and his tapes, I don't think that the I like the other when they were showing his tape, they showed a guy on defense that was that he drove by for a layup, and I was like, oh my god, like if he's playing in the NBA, that's not going to happen. But we have to watch and see and how he develops. But I think the Suns can end up taking him. I know the Kings came out and said that they would have no problem taking Doncic or DeAndre Ayton. So however it ends up, I think that Doncic and Aiton, based on the Suns and Kings being the one and two picks, I think both of them will, depending on the feelings of those organizations, they're going to go one and two. However, it'll end up going. That's just my yeah. I could, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I wouldn't count Marvin Bagley out of the Kings pick. I think they could definitely um, 
even the Suns, like you never know nowadays what teams are feeling because in the M- the NBA draft, you, you know, you see a lot of players actually like they pick like Anthony Bennett at number one. That was a crazy pick. <laughs> so you, you never know what people are thinking here. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, I, I love draft season. It's my favorite draft season. So we'll is and, Yeah. So I think that uh, we'll, we'll be having a mock draft come out and we'll have a whole podcast devoted to the NBA draft. I believe it's on the 26th or 27th. It's like a day or two after the stupid NBA awards show that they're now doing after last year, yep. but we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to see how it ends up going for the draft, and we'll stay tuned for mock drafts that will come out, our official mock drafts of the first round and possibly the second round. We'll see how we feel on that. But let's head into NBA free throw segment, and uh, we're going to start the legalization of uh, gambling, sports gambling, that uh, came out recently. So we'll have to see how it ends up affecting the NBA. I know Adam Silver has been very vocal on the topic, being that he's for it. And you know that it opens up a lot of a lot of business opportunities for the NBA, and you know maybe we'll be seeing more um, uh, casino ads on the jerseys instead of these uh, these kind of lower end companies because they it's gonna they're obviously with this news coming down from the Supreme Court it looks like they're gonna be a much bigger player in the sports world so especially in the NBA being how you know how vocal Adam Silver has been for it that's just the way it's gonna be and now with the legalization of it. It's gonna. They're gonna make a huge impact on the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge for every sport um, that sports gambling is soon to be legal. I mean, it's got to go through state courts, so that's got to get legalized in each individual state. But you know, we'll soon have it in Jersey, and probably Connecticut, and New York will follow. But the um, biggest takeaway here is the NBA is gonna have new regulations in place, so people don't throw games, people don't um, pay out athletes into missing a free throw or not trying as hard so the referees as well yeah when referees as well they can have new regulations adam silver said we'll get into it um but the biggest takeaway you know would be i go to um my brooklyn nets game i could put a wager down probably in the stadium that and then cash out while i walk out yeah that would be like betting on horses or something like that yeah, exactly, exactly. I would be able to bet in, inside and then cash out with a ticket right away. No bookies, no hassle. So that that's probably the biggest takeaway, in my opinion. You know, you know, Steve Kerr was joking. He's like, yeah, for game one, he said that the, uh, the line was one and a half, um, plus one and a half to Golden State. And he's like, I'd take us. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he kept joking. He kept joking around about it, but he's actually like, he needs to watch himself. He's because that's, you know, yeah, that's you a, can't joke around a, about that's that. That's a fine you know, line there, to, Steve Kerr. He's trying Kirk. to be funny. Yeah, Steve Kerr, like, you know, I'm not a big Steve Kerr I fan. I hate that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I don't know. It, a, it's a fine line for them. But gambling is legal, or sports gambling is legal for and uh, and uh, the NBA. So it'll it'll be a big player, it seems like, in the next seasons and obviously the future. So we'll have to see that where that goes. And kind of staying in that same realm when that news came out, Metal World Peace formerly known Ron Artest came out and said when he was in, when he was a player at St. John's, he was offered 35,000 in uh college. I believe not, not to like throw a game, but I think it was something for the uh, point spread with his free throws or what have you. They just told him like, you know, when you're out there, maybe miss a couple shots, maybe make a couple more shots for us when he was playing at St. John's. So that was a fun story. Meta's always got good stories when he comes out in the news and, and he's talks a handful, about yeah. He's a handful, man. But that was, that was a fun uh, fun little story from Meta World Peace. And uh, 
another free throw. Kobe comes out and likes a tweet by some random user. We'll see. I'll read you the exact tweet. But he came out and said, if you were a baller, you'd know that Kobe is more skilled than LeBron. And Kobe liked the tweet. And you could clearly see the the tweet because Kobe does not like a lot. He only had like 59 likes on total likes and on his Twitter. Uh, shout out real quick. Uh, follow us at Talking True Hoops on Twitter. Go uh, go give that follow. But Kobe coming out throwing a shot at LeBron. I think he's just get. I think he's just kind of bored at the house watching these playoffs, and he's just kind of scrolling through his Twitter, and he's like, ah, watching LeBron. Watch them how talk. You Whoa. know, upgrade talk. LeBron up a lot with how great he's been so far in this postseason. He's getting a little, little, little jealous, I think. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more about the jealousy act. I think that he's, he's getting, he's getting jealous that it's always a LeBron Jordan debate, um, and he's not involved into that because he's got five championships. Yeah. He's an all-time scorer. He's an all-star. He's an MVP. He's got all the credentials. So he wants to be thrown into that convo. I could see him liking that, but you know, yeah, LeBron's LeBron's. You know, he's LeBron. Yeah, he's LeBron. He's a, he's a generational athlete. Generational athlete. But I could see why Kobe's got a little jealousy, you know, because he's, uh, he's yeah, kind of left. He's the odd man out. So, you know, uh, of that debate for the LeBron and, and Jordan, they don't they never really mention Kobe too often. You know, it'll be like, you know, LeBron versus uh, MJ. Oh, yeah. And then there's Kobe. So I can see why he was getting a little frustrated. It's not a big deal, though. He liked the tweet, you know. But it, w- it was a part of the news. Moving on, Budenholzer becomes the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. He will be the new guy for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Everyone's thinking, oh, yep. he will. Great he, coach, too. He's a great coach, and they're thinking he will further do, the, further the development of uh, Giannis and the Greek freak. And so we'll have to see how it goes. I think it's a great hire. He was a former, obviously, coach of the year with the Hawks, and he was a assistant with uh, with the Spurs, so he knows a little something about player development. So we're going to have to see where it goes. I think it's a good hire, and I think Giannis will be able to expand his game a little bit more and become a better player, and I think Milwaukee will definitely become a better team. We'll have to see what they do in the offseason, though, with Jabari Parker. That'll be interesting. Well, new coach, though. Yeah, new coach. They may want to work work Jabari back into the system, so we'll have to see, but I think that uh, it'll be an interesting offseason. And they got, you know, Giannis is obviously the focal point and the superstar on that team, but I think that they're the surrounding cast needs to be changed up because we saw in the postseason that first round against Boston that if it wasn't Giannis and, or Chris Middleton, they were just not looking good. So I think the Bucks will have a lot of changes with this uh, with this Budenholzer higher, Budenholzer higher, and we'll have to see where it goes from there. And yeah, uh, he I mean, was all, he's a great coach. So yeah, we'll see what happens. yeah, he's a great coach, and he also interviewed for Tor- the Toronto job, but that wasn't uh, that didn't end up going for him, so he chose Milwaukee. Uh, James Borgio, Borgo, Borgo, I don't know how to exactly pronounce, but he's the new head coach for the Hornets. He was introduced with Mitch Kupchak. He was a former Spurs assistant, Magic, and uh, prior with the Hornets, I think. So I think Clifford. Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve Clifford. He um, he got moved out because you know he had a lot of medical issues, and I don't think they officially fired him. I think they kind of just you know they both kind of parted ways because he he was not in a good space, you know, you know with they, his yeah, health. They, the Hornets they made the playoffs that one year, and then then they 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 made reach the playoffs in the last two years. I mean, in the NBA, in any sport nowadays, people want to win right now, so they fire their coaches right away, which is a surprise. But you know, this guy. He's been there for a while. 
He's been there for a while. He's been around the league, so maybe he's a basketball mind. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of – they didn't really fire him, but they kind of parted ways. So, Borgerow, Borgerow will be the new coach for the Hornets. And uh, Lloyd Pierce becomes the new head coach for the Hawks, former assistant with the Sixers, Cavs, Warriors. And uh, Pierce, uh, obviously with the Sixers, he was there for about four years, so he was under Brett Brown. I don't I, – he possibly was with the Spurs because it seems like every new head coach – has been an assistant with the Spurs because they just do so well with player development and obviously under Greg Popovich. So Pierce will be with the Hawks, but I don't really see the Hawks. He's kind of like a hire to kind of like Brett Brown, to be honest with you, that's going to be there because the Hawks are looking like they're just going to be tanking for a couple years and they may just stick with Lloyd Pierce and say, okay, this is, you're in this yeah. for the long haul. So we're going to have to see where it goes. Yeah, I don't really know. Where was he last? Was he with the Sixers last yeah, year? He was, yeah, he's with. He was with the Sixers as an assistant. All right, coach maybe with, he's part of the process. They got a top three pick. Yeah, new process. Part of the going. process, right? New process. Process going. Yeah. So now our uh, one of our final free throws will go into the NBA award uh, NBA awards uh, candidates for the the final candidates for the MVP, Rookie of the Year, so on and so forth. So the final. Um, Candidates for the the NBA MVP got James Harden, LeBron James, and um, Anthony Davis. And then for Rookie of the Year, of course, we got Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. And then you also got Jason Tatum in there. Defensive Player of the Year, we got Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert. Coach of the Year, Dwayne Casey. So that'll you know that's kind of funny there. Quinn Snyder. We tweeted that. Brad Stevens, yeah, the the Raptors tweeted it out. They're like, congratulate or like, like, good job, Dwayne Casey. Congrats, coach. That is just getting friend zoned so bad right there for Dwayne Casey. Most improved player got Clint Capella, Spencer Dinwiddie out here My making boy. moves. Victor Oladipo, and then uh, sixth man of the year, we got Eric Gordon, Lou Williams, and uh, Fred Van Vliet. So for the most part, when we kind of talked about the candidates, that who they were, I think the only one we I think we forgot to really mention Anthony Davis in Defensive Player of the Year because we talked about him more of kind of an MVP candidate. So it kind of slipped both of our minds. But you know, I think that uh, they pretty much got most of the candidates right. Obviously, they want to work up the award show. I think the award show is dumb, but. It is what it is. It they, is. they like to announce the candidates, so we'll have to see I where it goes. We, yeah, I, in our post-season, uh, um, you know, podcast, we actually nailed every single one of these we considered. We even put Quinn Schneider in there from the Utah Jazz because he did a phenomenal job. You know, my takeaways is that you know Jason Jason Tatum better not win Rookie of the Year because he's it's the full year, not just the playoffs. That's the bottom line. I think it either go. I think it'll go to Donovan Mitchell, but. Well, you for know, the rest of them, if we're talking regular season, then it's no doubt Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. No, well, it, you know, it's not about who has the best record, in my opinion, to have coach of the year. It's a team that, you know, because Utah Jazz, we didn't expect anything from. Yeah. Utah I, Jazz, like, I thought they were not going to make the playoffs once, what's his name left, the um, Gordon Hayward. So, you know, just to see them jump from, you know, practically out of the playoff spot to the four seed and to the five seed is. You know that's that's a great coaching job. Yeah, if you're taking in postseason though, it's clearly Brad Stevens. But I yeah, feel like they do. Yeah, I feel like they do take in postseason. Well, now because they do the freaking, they wait so long. 
Yeah, they used to they used to usually give it to whoever the MVP. They used to give out the awards at least in either the first or second round of the series, but now they just do the award show, which is a smart business move, I guess, because they make more money, they get more viewers on that when they play it on TNT, and they get you know all the hoopla. It's much better than the freaking draft lottery, I'll tell you that. That is very true because the draft lottery was very unbearable, so it's not as bad as that. So our final free throw, Mo Bamba. Breaks the combine record for the longest wingspan, seven ten. What do you think about that? Yep, he grew he grew an inch since the last time they uh, measured him. Man, I want. He's a New York guy. Wish he would fall to the ninth spot for the no New chance. York Knicks. I know there's no chance that of that happening. It's too bad though. But that that's crazy, man. The combine. I think what is it? The next two days. Yeah, we. I was on today. Oh, it was on today. Oh, yeah, yep. it's the 17th and 18th, so we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. They play the, the – I mean, I don't really watch the Combine, but, you know, I'll look – I tuned in a little today. It was, you know, it's, I'll look, I'll it's look for the I'll look for, I'll look for the stats when they come out, you know, something like, you know, Mo Bama breaking the record for the wingspan. Like, that's a cool thing. We'll have to we'll, – I'll, I'll be able to look and uh, check those out, but I don't really sit down and watch the Combine too much. But that is yeah. it for this episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast, episode number 32. As always, be sure to subscribe – on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, our YouTube stream. Follow us at Talking Drew Hoops on Twitter and Instagram. These these conference finals will be crazy. It seems like for the for this weekend, especially with yep. the, we with have the to Warriors. wait. But. Yeah, we have to wait, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, in both of these series. Will the Cavaliers be able to, you know, crawl back and be able to even it up with Boston, and will the Warriors? dominate the Houston Rockets or will the Houston Rockets dominate the Golden State Warriors we'll have to see so Nick got anything else to leave with the people before we no, sign off waiting. I have to wait, wait on the couch wait another three, three days for the next yeah. one yeah we gotta wait on them wait on the game so enjoy the games we will be back next week for, with the Talking True Hoops podcast so catch us next week you've been listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Slatter and Nick Parabolos your best stop for non-stop NBA postseason talk and all things basketball. Be sure to subscribe and follow our social media at Talkin' True Hoops. Join us next week for more great hoops discussion.